The Start On Demand. On demand. Today we continue the conversation about how a lot of small businesses are upset they have to close their doors while bigger stores can stay open. Brent Bellamy, with whom we often speak on this radio station, took a tour of Winnipeg just to see how badly small business is getting hosed. We'll get an update on the Save Manitoba Restaurants campaign from Susie Parker. We've got our weekly visit with Bob Irving, who's been hunkered down for the last four days watching the Masters, specifically watching newly minted Masters champ Dustin Johnson, a man a lot of people would like to trade places with now. And that actually prompted the question, if you could trade places with anyone on planet Earth, who would it be and why? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who is back tomorrow. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Monday, November 16th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, minus the McNabb. Loren will be back tomorrow. Greg, I don't know what you noticed on social media over the weekend. I did what I could to stay off of Twitter as much as possible. But on Instagram, I noticed a ton of Christmas trees going up over the weekend. And as you pointed out, I didn't notice it this morning on the way in, but it looks like the the lights have started to go up downtown. Yeah, the city lit their uh, own Christmas tree at City Hall on Friday. Mayor Bowman virtually flipping the switch. I'm not exactly sure how that all went down, but I love driving uh, south on Main Street from the Disraeli Freeway and Portage Avenue. You can say what you want. Uh, about downtown Winnipeg at different times of the day, different times of the year. But at Christmas time, those lights are beautiful. I'm glad that they still do them. And uh, yeah, it uh, put a little bit of spirit in my otherwise dark soul this morning. <laughs> Your otherwise dark soul. Oh, come on. It's a tough weekend, right? The numbers of COVID-19 numbers and the negativity surrounding uh, what happened in Steinbeck this weekend, uh, sort of dividing us and... And uh, I I hate to see that. And then uh, we'll talk about this uh, throughout the morning, just this idea of some retailers being allowed to be open when our friends and neighbors and family uh, might be uh, owning a a small business that isn't allowed to open or is open in an extremely modified fashion with online pickup or curbside delivery uh, available only to them. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, a real roller coaster, and of course, our worst numbers uh, of this pandemic so far. So it, it was a genuine roller coaster. I did not leave my house other than for about eight minutes to go and uh, pick up uh, some food at one of our local retailers in our part of the city. So um, can I tell you that uh, never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater is uh, outstanding entertainment if you're looking for something to do over Christmas. Those Hallmark Christmas movies are on W Network right now. It's in a free preview if, you, if you're if you dying for some Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, I would admit that I have no interest in watching that, by the way. But, yeah, uh, don't. Thank, yeah, but thank you for pointing that out. A lot of people love, love those movies, but uh, I was not at all sort of ready for to even start thinking about Christmas and the holidays, but I will admit that seeing many decorations going up, a lot of people are putting up their decorations now. I think when mm-hmm. one person said, well, what else am I going to do? So I will admit that I, the the spirit is now starting to infiltrate uh, sort of vicariously. Like this is, you know, I don't want to be a downer either. Yesterday marked two years uh, since my mom died, and my mom was Christmas in our family. So last year, uh, Christmas was kind of a sullen, more somber occasion. And uh, this year I was hoping to, you know, that I would feel a bit more spirit. But of course, it's kind of, it's difficult right now to get excited about a lot of things, given what we're going through. But um, I uh, have enjoyed seeing the the Christmas trees go up, and I like the lights that are up outside down right here in downtown Winnipeg. So hopefully I can get into the mood because here's another thing, too. If you do plan to do any shopping, 
You got to get on that right now. You know, it's a really good point. You made it this morning before we came on the air. And just this notion of depending on how you're going to go about fulfilling your shopping and even getting your gifts out to friends and family. Yeah, the clock is genuinely ticking right now. If you want to get uh, something uh, from a local retailer, you got to make arrangements to pick that up. And then you got to wrap it. How do you get it to where it's supposed to go? Yeah, what's the date today? Is it the 17th today? Today is uh, November 16th. 16th. Okay, I got to write this down. My wedding anniversary is on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Writing that down, putting it in my uh, pocketbook and in my calendar. But yeah, I mean, it's going to go quick now, right? Yeah. It goes really quickly. I did make my first Christmas, and it was an impulse buy. It was a late Saturday night impulse buy. I saw something on Instagram, and I thought... I know exactly the person who must have this item. So I made, made the purchase and I wanted to get it done early because I don't know how long it's going to... I mean, it's a local thing, so it shouldn't take too long to get in the mail, but I wanted to get on top of that before it got scooped up because I think a lot of people are going to be looking to find those small local businesses to, from which they can buy gifts over the season. But yeah, I normally I don't like to think about... Pardon me. Normally, I do start thinking about Christmas shopping pretty early just for budgetary purposes. I try to spread it out over October, November, and not wait until December 15th. And then suddenly (laughs) it's like, well, okay, now I got to spend hundreds of dollars uh, at once when I could have done this. But I I haven't thought about it at all this year. So I guess I want to say thanks to those who are looking forward to the season and are being festive and, and trying to bring some like figurative and literal light into our life in the form of a tree. I love seeing the pictures on Instagram of people's Christmas trees and the different ways that they celebrate and the way different way people set up for Christmas. And I'm starting to see some Christmas lights already outside. I know for a lot of people, November 12th is sort of the date that they flick on their Christmas lights. And uh, I enjoy, I love, I'm a sucker for Christmas lights. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, driving around and uh, seeing the different uh, lights on display uh, any word on uh, what's happening at Red River uh, at the uh, Red River Exhibition Grounds? Province hasn't flipped their decision on that one yet, eh, Brett? Oh, I haven't seen an update on that Winter Wonderland situation. But you got to, I mean, I certainly don't want to speculate irresponsibly here, but that, that, as you pointed out, that I can't think of a more family-friendly, COVID-friendly activity than right. driving through a park where you're staying in your car. Yes. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the province will reconsider on that one big time. And uh, David, uh, setting me straight, I, I would say that this is accurate. What went down in Steinbach on Saturday with the anti-mask rally was not negative. It was flat out stupidity and selfishness. That kind of garbage needs to stop immediately. 780-6868. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. We'll have more on that protest coming up in our next segment. But before we do that, we also just need to point out that uh, we were, as we were watching the Masters over the weekend, oh, yes. there were a couple of moments where, as badly as you feel for the golfers, it also is a reminder that they're still only human, Greg. No question. And that was highlighted on the 12th hole yesterday. Tiger Woods went in the drink, not once, not twice. Three times. He carded a 10. And I know there are some people out there that say, well, you can't get more than a 10. Well, that might be a house rule. (laughs) But in (laughs) professional golf, however many strokes it takes, it takes. And they all count. And uh, I think for a brief moment in time yesterday, many hackers and whackers out there who uh, love to golf uh, felt some compatriotism with uh, Tiger Woods. Yep, it's kind of the thing where we've all been there. John Rahm, I was watching him over the weekend. He hit his ball into a tree, (laughs) and then it rolled under a bush, and even the announcer said, ay, ay, ay. And again, it's uh, the rare moment where you, sitting at home, who plays on the weekend, can relate to exactly what that professional athlete is feeling in that moment because it's the worst, one of the worst sounds in golf when the ball hits the trees. Oh. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. McNabb is back tomorrow. Over the weekend, Dustin Johnson won the Masters, which is seen by many as the holy grail of golf. 
he and he blew the competition away. He just he was he was so dominating in winning his first green jacket. And uh, there were a lot of people even texting me afterwards. Some of my buddies saying, you know, Dustin Johnson has it made. He's the Masters champion. He's worth millions of dollars. He hits the ball a ton. He's got a beautiful fiance. Uh, his I guess father-in-law, quote unquote, is the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Like. Uh-huh. He's got a pretty good life. Yeah, life doesn't suck if you're Dustin Johnson. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I got us thinking, who would you trade places with? If you could trade places with anybody on the planet, who would it be? So we want you to text us at 204-780-6868. With whom would you trade places and why? It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It doesn't have to be an athlete or a musician or an actor. could just be some guy who lives in a cabin in the woods off the grid. Maybe that's what you want right now because that actually sounds not too bad. I could just go stay in a cabin in the woods on a lake. I'm just, I'm already picturing it, picturing, you know, sort of beside a mountain and in the middle of a forest. Yeah, that sounds not too bad. But let's go around the horn here. We got Kelly Moore with us. We got Jeff Fortier, Jeff Braun. And uh, Kelly, why don't we start with you after uh, you were absent for a couple of days? Yeah, well, I think I would probably not mind trading places with whichever scientist it is with one of the pharmaceutical companies that does discover the vaccine that is 100% effective against COVID-19. Can you imagine the feeling that you would have in developing a vaccine that would help get the world back to normal? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be good. And I'm sure there'd be some cash involved there too, so not too bad. Jeff Braun, what about you? Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why Santa everybody, Claus? Everybody loves him. Uh, he has an impressive beard, an army of helpers, and clearly he eats well. I mean, there's I just don't see a downside to it. He's always he's jolly. He's always smiling. It's uh it's good to be Santa. And he's got a pretty cool way of getting around. Oh yeah, you get to drive that wicked sleigh, and you, and there's got to be some sort of magic involved because he's doing a herculean task in just one night so there's there's stuff about him we don't know there's secrets to santa that i'd like to find out yeah he must be able to stop time like that's the only way he could deliver all those gifts in one night just like absolutely yeah that's okay that's cool i like that i like that jeff Mm -hmm. fortier um i think i'd like to switch places with uh, elon musk as long as i get his uh intelligence of course he's got covid19 now by the way so just so you know Let's try to oh, keep God. this COVID-free. Oh, Come on. <laughs> Great. Now I've got to switch my answer. And I, have, I have nothing. I have nothing now. <laughs> well, why Elon Musk? <laughs> because he's smart, rich. He gets to watch rockets go up. That'd be fun. Would you want to See, go? See, I, I, I was thinking that uh, Forte would play off of Bronner's uh, thing and become the little drummer boy. <laughs> oh, well, he is a drummer. That exactly. is true. That is <laughs> <laughs> G-Mac, what about you? John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Paul Stanley of Kiss. And actually, Paul Stanley's still pretty cool. But John Bon Jovi, I would have to give up eight years of my life because he's eight years older than I am. But I think I'd do it. He's probably in much better shape than I am. Financially, he's in much, much better (laughs) shape than I am. Uh, He's been in the same relationship he's been married since 1989 i think that's incredible tours the world but really what separates him uh for me from so many of the other uh, there are great artists out there who give back but he's opened this restaurant where he helps feed homeless people in philadelphia i saw a picture of him the other day he's in the dish pit as we affectionately called it back in the restaurant days washing Dishes. The guy's worth a half a billion dollars, and he's giving back in its purest form. So I would trade places with JBJ. You can text us, by the way. Who would you trade places with? 204-780-6868 and why. And that'll give you an opportunity to win yourself a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. Somebody, for example, saying, who would I trade places with? Any citizen of New Zealand. Pandemic aside, I would love to spend some time in New Zealand. For one, as Jeff Braun is uh, well aware, it is uh, the home of the Shire. It's the it's Middle Earth. It's beautiful there. It's also home to Mordor, though. Fair enough. Although, <laughs> is there was that actually based on any real landscape, Mordor, in New Zealand? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think that was a lot of CGI there. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks lovely in New Zealand and uh, nice people in New Zealand as well. Plus, I actually met a woman from New Zealand once, and the, the way that she pronounces my name, it's more like Brit. Hey, Brit. Now, also, there's a great scene in Flight of the Concords, uh, that, which is a tremendous show. One of the characters' names is Brett, and uh, one of his buddies gives him um, a rather unfriendly greeting that one of our old colleagues used to like to say to me all the time. I guess for me, I would probably, as unoriginal as it is right now, just based on what happened over the weekend, I, I, the golfer in me can't not go with anybody but... Dustin Johnson. He's on, he's on top of the world right now. And I would just like to just take all the other stuff aside. Just the guy can hit the ball a mile to be able to hit a golf ball as far and as straight as he does. And he's uh, so calm and cool. Like his demeanor for the most part is just, it's like he's got ice running through his veins. And he's 36, I believe. Yep. So you would gain six years of life. It would be like going back in time as well, Brett. Yes, look at that. And even uh, you found more silver lining to this. So text us, who would you trade places with? Before we talk small business, Greg, you asked mm. the question last half hour. How are you doing? Yeah, lots of people uh, answering back. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, North End Miles. He says this morning, folks, so unreal when you say, how do you feel? Unfortunately, my mother is in the Maples home. Another 11 deaths this weekend. So I have my mother in the Maples home right now. Gives you the worst feeling Still no answers. How can we stay positive in these times? Please, everybody, wear a mask and wash your hands. 200 seniors in that home didn't get infected by accident. They did not go out and contract it themselves. Uh, thoughts and prayers with you, Miles, on this Monday morning as your mom uh, deals with that and uh, so many residents in personal care homes across the province, around the world. Let's be Let's be frank, uh, living in fear right now of uh, COVID-19. Today, we are going to do our best to find things to rally around and get behind as we enter the first full week of expanded code red restrictions in Manitoba. Yeah, I hate to say it, Brett, but we're going to sound a little frustrated and and maybe a little negative over the next few minutes as we discuss what is opened and what is considered essential and just how many people... We're out and about taking advantage of many big box retailers and the less than necessary wares many of them are selling. So we spoke to the Canadian Federation of Independent Business last week about how disproportionately independent business would be affected by this expanded shutdown of services and businesses. To recap, here's Dan Kelly, president and CEO of the CFIB. The piece that I guess has got me quite angry is that the the new rules allow Walmart and Costco to sell all the consumer goods one could want uh, if you go there to get your groceries because they have a grocery aisle. And that just seems deeply, deeply unfair to small and independent businesses. It makes no sense to me that you can go and buy a TV, your Christmas toys for your kids and your t-shirts at the local Walmart or Costco And yet the independent business that sells those same goods and maybe has 3,000 square feet, uh, they are, and maybe sees 10 customers a day, they are 100% shut down and not able to sell those to the public. That that just does not seem fair. And I have to tell you, it doesn't even feel feel like a good COVID policy to clump up. I know there's a limitation on 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 the store volume there, but it doesn't seem like a good COVID policy to have everybody lining up at Costco and Walmart either. So people are being asked to stay home. Not everybody's staying home. Some people are going out. And that last point that Dan Kelly made their COVID policy, public health policy, that's one I've been contemplating over the weekend. I might have mentioned this on Friday on air, Brett, but just the idea, wouldn't it be safer to allow independent retailers the opportunity to serve their customers in a modified fashion, perhaps complete with sign-in sheets and phone numbers under an appointment? type situation versus throwing doors wide open at some of the largest buildings in our city? Well, our friend Brent Bellamy was out in his vehicle taking note as to just how busy some of these places were over the weekend. He attended the biggest of the box stores on Keniston and McGilvery and noticed that almost all of the stores, 730 parking stalls were full 
uh, yet with nobody waiting in line to get in. Yeah, he also commented that the place that sells home improvement materials, the one with the orange roof, had its parking lot, in his opinion, as full as it might be on a boxing day. He then posted contrasting pictures of independent furniture stores, local clothing stores, and toy shops shuttered in comparison to jam-packed parking lots at the big blue building, which sells more than meatballs, the gigantic hunting and fishing outfitter, Canada's oldest retailer, among other comparisons. Many of the smaller local-owned and operated retailers are doing their best to satisfy their customers with online and curbside pickup, and many of you are doing your best to support them when you can. So beyond the concerns about the massive numbers of people out and about three and four days into these code red restrictions, there are plenty of people, Brett, Concerned that the restrictions are hitting independent business much harder than the multinational retailers. Wondering why a retailer ABC is wide open when others are shut entirely. Are you happy that there were there are as many options as there are, or are you wondering why on earth is that retailer opened right now, or are you simply shocked at how many people were out shopping on the weekend for essentials and other things? So we got this text message from Lenore who says, yes, we small businesses are being treated very unfairly. I'm having deja vu from back in the day when the mom and pop gas stations were basically forced out in order to let the big guys like Shell take over. Now we small personal businesses are being shoved out. So the big box stores and online places like Amazon will be ruling us. People better give their head a shake and start supporting small businesses or we will all be at the mercy of the big guys that will be putting whatever price tag they want. On top of that, remember how many people will be losing jobs. And please don't tell me how Walmart and the big box stores employ so many because as time goes on, there's more and more self-checkouts and fewer and fewer clerks. One of our listeners just texted a, a picture of a sign that appears to be on a Walmart. So we'll have to double check this and, and maybe you know yourself uh, new store opening hours beginning Monday, November 16th. That's obviously today, Monday to Saturday, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., 17 hours a day. Darlene says this, if big box stores like Superstore and Walmart are allowed to stay open because of their grocery store status, all non-essential departments like clothing, toys, kitchen, etc., should be closed off. If the smaller non-grocery stores have to be shut down right now, the big box stores should be prohibited from selling similar items in store. The big box stores should only be allowed to sell these items online like the smaller stores have to. So at 7.37, Susie Parker of Sparker Strategy will join us to discuss the hashtag she created in support of raising the profile of Manitoba restaurants and the traction that movement is gaining. At 9.05, we're going to speak to a local Winnipeg business who says the playing field is definitely not level right now. That's Body Measure we'll be speaking with. They're on St. Mary's Road. They had to shut down once again. And a reminder question of the day at cjob.com. question is, do you think it's fair that larger grocery stores are able to sell non-essential items while many smaller businesses are not so far 66 percent say no 34 percent say yes question of the day for mr furnace don't call them first you'll see why call mr furnace 204-832-6243 mackling mcgarry and mcnab one of the questions we're asking you this morning at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a $20 Santa Lucia pizza gift card. If you could trade places with anyone on the planet, who would it be? Inspired by the fact that Dustin Johnson won the Masters. Dude's living large. He's rich. He's awesome at golf. He's got a beautiful fiance. Wayne Gretzky is his... I mean, they're not married yet, but you know, for all intents and purposes, his father-in-law. Rob says, if I could trade places with anyone, it would be Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man. For all the money he has, and of course, all the suits. I have so many ideas for Iron Man suits. I would just be making new suits all day, every day. That's who I'd want to be, but hopefully not end up dying. Because <laughs> you got to learn how to fly the suit. You can't mm, just put it on. Right? Good point. Yeah, so. Our friend Ar- Arthur had something that I felt was quite poetic in its uh, notion and presentation here. Good morning, gentlemen. If I could trade places with anyone, it would be the greenskeeper at Augusta National. Being Heaven's Park Warden sounds pretty divine to me. 
And if I could just add, I think I actually liked watching it more in the fall than in the spring mm. because in the fall, in the in the spring, it's they've got so many flowers out and it's pretty. But uh, I felt like it just looked more like a golf course this time as opposed to a fancy garden where you could go play golf. I don't know. I, I sort of dug the uh, the fall uh, feeling seeing it played in November as opposed When is it usually? April? April, yes. Yeah. So, it's usually uh, falls around. Uh, quite often it's on the Easter weekend, if okay. I'm not mistaken. At least it has been in the past. Bob Irving's going to join us at 8.37, by the way. He's uh, going to, I suppose, exit his uh, sequester. He said he was going to be hunkered <laughs> down for four days and to leave him alone because he was only going to watch the Masters for four days. So we're curious to see what he has to say about that. Now, our next guest is a familiar name and a familiar voice. Yes, Susie Parker describes her hashtag... Save Manitoba Restaurants is a community effort to order and to order directly from restaurants wherever possible. You can follow her on social media at Susie, S-U-S-I-E underscore Parker. That works for both Twitter and Instagram. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. So what's that last part of your goal with Save MB Restaurants? Order directly from restaurants whenever possible. There's an answer to the question why there. Yeah, you know, it's just a way for everybody who orders from restaurants right now to put every single dollar possible back into the pockets of the restaurateurs, their food suppliers, and their staff, which, as we know, even from your retail shopping segment, small businesses are really, really suffering right now. How's it going so far? So far, we've had some great pickup. We are getting some steam in Alberta. Like I said uh, last week, we're moving into there. And now this week, we're focused really on Ontario and really getting that message out there. We have creator ready for basically any province. So whatever province you live in, we have the hashtag ready to go for you. We have the imagery ready. And we really want people to get behind this effort. And whatever they can do in their community to help will really make a big difference. So local's a big uh, deal. We've been talking about some of the larger scale uh, retailers who've been allowed to remain open and what they're allowed to sell. And some people saying it's not fair to local business. The effect of the code red shutdowns are obviously affecting independent businesses of all types, not just restaurants. Do you have a suggestion, first of all, on how consumers can support independents of all type, whether they serve food or not? And what about advice for those retailers who depend on that personal touch to drive sales and now that element of their business is, is missing? Well, I think the personal touch can still exist. And a lot of the pickup orders that I'm seeing, I'm seeing thank you notes stapled to them or even just the customer's name written in a beautiful font with a note that says thank you from all of our staff. Those little touches, even now, even though it's contactless and we can't necessarily be together, those touches really do mean a lot. And I agree very much with Dan Kelly from the CFIB and John Graham from Retail Council that whatever we can do as consumers to shop local and to shop small, a lot of... Uh, businesses have their businesses online. You can shop them on Instagram. You can even shop them, uh, pick up curbside. All of those options are available for a lot of small retailers. You just have to look into it a little bit and to take that extra time to really think about where your purchase is going and where your money is going. And anything you can do to support your community right now is a big, big help. Yeah, as far as those personal touches go, I ordered from uh, East India Company last week or the week before. It's hard to keep track. I'll, I I basically eat nothing but takeout now. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> East India Company, they, they, they threw in a coupon for uh, nan bread for next for your next uh, dine-in visit, whenever that may be, and a, a couple of candies. And there was a little thank you note, too, so that was nice. And, of course, Scott McTaggart at Fusion Grill is personally delivering meals uh, through Skip the Dishes. But one of the... the the reluctances people might have to ordering from a, a restaurant as opposed to just your, your usual takeout place or going through a drive-thru might be, well, this food's not really going to travel uh, all that well or it might not travel that well. So would you have any advice for, for people who want to order from a restaurant but maybe are kind of scared that they're not going to get what they they were hoping for? I think that a lot of the restaurateurs have um, kind of stepped up their packaging game too because the packaging really does play a part in terms of how the food travels well. So when you are taking it home directly, you're probably going the shortest route possible. You're getting that food as home as quickly as you can to whoever's waiting for it, including yourself. Um, but a lot of the packaging that you're seeing these days is compostable or it breathes better. So there's not a lot of sogginess that could be present in the food as well. And also, you know, when you're looking at some of that delivery time, you know that you're not, that food's not taking three to four stops. It's going directly to you. So all of those little pieces add up to better food quality and better customer satisfaction for sure. 
I think you just hide, highlighted uh, a reason as to why picking up is yet another uh, good reason, let alone uh, keeping that commission that maybe delivery services might be keeping or charging independent restaurants and, and, and the chains as well. But, of course, we're, we're talking about independence today. The fact that if you go and you pick it up, it is only making that one stop, and that stop is typically at your front door or at your table. So that's one way to ensure you're going to get a higher quality uh, product on the other end. And then what about uh, with regards to retailers here? One of our texters, uh, our listeners texted in just a little bit ago and, and said this, large stores have more space to keep distance than small stores. Took my son for jeans and shirts only for this is what he re- because it's really what he needed. As for stores in a mall, it does make it much more difficult to be safe distance away. Obviously, uh, as I understand it, the malls are just sort of doing curbside pickup now, at least the smaller retailers inside. We should be able to buy gift certificates for these places. For my wife and I, we'll be doing this for our teens other uh, and others that we buy for. Do you know if buying gift cards is possible? So I think that's going to be a huge sort of spend this year is that because we haven't seen each other a lot, friends and family, we haven't spent a lot of face-to-face time together. I think online shopping and gifting, as in me sending you a voucher for something, will be very, very popular this season. It might not be a physical card that I send you, but an e-card that I send you that you can use, you know, at a restaurant in your neighborhood or a local shop. And those kinds of things will be really popular, I think. So building on that, as far as, you know, distancing and safety is concerned, you had a previous caller or someone saying, that, you know, smaller shops can count how many people are in and only let a certain number in and keep that distance and keep that uh, sort of safety measure in place. So I tend to agree with that in that as far as I could see at the malls even, they had somebody at the door, a lot of the bigger stores, counting people that were in there, advising people to sanitize before they walked in, put their masks up, all of those things, right? So even those little reminders are now incumbent upon small business owners to enforce in their shops and they are really doing whatever they can to make those customers feel safe. So before we let you go then, Susie, if we want to say, for example, like like tonight, I'd, I think I'd probably like to order some food, but uh, I sort of have like a staple of pizza places and chicken places that I always turn to, but I, I, I don't honestly know where I want to order from. So if I just go to your hashtag, I imagine there will be a, a plethora of ideas from which to choose. You got that right. Yes, they're all over Instagram for sure. I even reposted some to my social media that people have tagged me in. You're also going to see the sign-up on a few different locations, including uh, Mona Lisa Ristorante and Shooter's Golf Course out in the North End. So there's lots of different places that are getting on board and that really want to drive home that message of please shop directly with us whenever you can because it helps us out in the long run. Susie Parker with Sparker Strategy joining us live on 680 CJOB, the hashtag SaveMBRestaurants. Thank you so much for the update, Susie. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, it, uh, my takeout, <laughs> it's basically my entire budget now. Like, I don't spend money on anything else. Right. Because so, you're not going anywhere. You're not golfing. Yeah. So it's just takeout. And, uh, you know, if I go down to the, you know, the grocery store to get whatever I need, but I don't really buy a ton of groceries because I'm ordering so much takeout lately. How conscientious are you of making sure that it's a local independent business when you're doing that, Brett? It's always a local restaurant. Now, that's not, you know, I don't have any problem. Like, I think it's National Fast Food Day, for example. There's nothing wrong with going through those places, but I do try to, to order from the the local businesses. Uh, it's been a while. Maybe the King's Head. I haven't done the King's Head in a couple of weeks since they launched their uh, online delivery system. And uh, owner Chris himself dropped by. He delivered the right. uh, the beer for me. Right. Well, you know, uh, a friend of yours, uh, Kenton Larson, uh, tweeted out the fact that there was a two-hour wait to get food from King's Head on Saturday night, an hour and a half from another uh, local establishment. And he took that as a good thing. Yeah. Because it meant that these places are busy. So Winnipeg, Manitoba, you are doing your other thing, not the COVID thing that we're becoming famous for right now, but you're doing your thing as supporting local business, looking after and taking care of one another on that front. So thumbs up to you. One guy I would not have wanted to trade places with over the weekend was uh, John Rahm, also a, go- a great pro golfer, but even the pros have a rough go sometimes like this. Well, this is not unlike that. He's going to yeah. have to skip this ball, kill it into the hill, and kind of hope for the best from there, but got to stay low to start for the first 25 minutes. Oh, oh, and I've just been to say, out of the rough, it's so easy to hit it. Is it going under the bushes? Yes. 
You're kidding me. Karen, straight off that tree, solidly in under the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, I, 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 he hit the ball off a tree and under a bush. And Bob Irving, we've all been there on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, I've hit a tree a time or two, as I recall. Uh, and I know, I think Rom made seven on that hole. Yeah. Uh, Brett, when you and I hit a tree and it goes into the bush, we're looking at double figures, aren't we? Like Tiger Woods made 10 on on 12 yesterday, which was kind of mind-boggling. It was funny, the coverage on CBS, they were following Tiger quite closely, as they always do, even though he wasn't really in contention. But after he hit three balls into Ray's Creek and made a 10, they kind of drifted away from Tiger for about 30 or 40 minutes before they went back to check in with him. Yeah, when he, when he went five, got five birdies on his last six yeah. holes. Uh, so they probably should have still stuck with him. But, of course, it made sense for them to move away because he was nowhere in contention. But last week you tweeted this the, to basically telling everybody to leave you alone. You're like, that's it, leave me alone. It's time for the annual tradition. I'm going to hunker down for the next four days and watch the Masters. Well, that's what I did. You know, and I love watching golf, as you guys, I think, all know, but in particular the four majors. uh, And the Masters is the one that attracts, I think, for me, the most attention and probably for golf watchers around the world. It's the tournament that everybody focuses on. It's played at the same course every year, the beautiful Augusta National. One of the things I liked about this year, was because it was played in November as opposed to the spring, it got dark in Augusta quite early, like around 5.30 their time, which is 4.30 our time. And so the coverage began earlier in the day. And Saturday and Sunday, I was up at 6.30 in the morning, and I turned on my TV, and there was Jim Nance whispering at me. And I I was kid about Jim Nance of CBS when he covers the Masters. He kind of whispers uh, all the time in describing what's going on, and that's Jim's his style most of the time and his his great voice. But uh, I was up early watching, and it didn't have to be the leaders. I just love watching the golf at that tournament. And if you've watched it as long as I have, you get to know all the holes. Uh, and it was only a few years ago that uh, the people who run Augusta National allowed CBS to show more than a few holes, so we can see them all now. But the the ones that you're familiar with are... You know, amen, corner 12, 13, 15, the par fives there and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's really a guilty pleasure for those of us who are sports fans and in particular golf fans. So I was pretty well locked down all weekend. I I didn't do much but watch golf. Hang on a sec, Bob. What's this about the, the, their only select holes that they, CBS was allowed to show? Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, I call them the old coots who run Augusta <laughs> National and, you know, they make up their own rules, and they always have, and the TV networks never challenge them because they would simply then take the tournament away from whatever TV network challenged them and give it to somebody else. It's that coveted. But it was only a, a number of years ago, and I don't remember exactly how many, that the TV networks, CBS in particular, was allowed to show all of the holes at Augusta National. It was only a select few that uh, that they let the television networks cover until just a few years ago, and I guess the TV official said, "Hey guys, come on, uh, you know this this just isn't right in this day and age. We've got to expand our coverage beyond uh, you know a few select holes." Okay, Bob. A couple of things I want to clarify here. My friend, yours and Brett's uh, Chuck Laflesh insists that you once said that a tree is 80% air. So with regard to the psychological impact of a tree in your in your flight, is that, that anything you actually said? Can we clear that up once and for all? Yeah, uh, sure. I, I say that all the time in the golf course, I, you know, when I'm in trouble. And I, Brett probably does too. It's, uh, and I might even be higher than 80%. It might be 90% air. But you're saying it just to kind of trick yourself into believing that you can hit the ball and not hit the tree. But invariably, you do hit the tree. <laughs> And, you know, that's just how it works, right? But, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, no, I've told myself that many times. Okay. The Mythbusters proved it. Yeah. It is? They did, I think it's 90% air. They they did their test and Beautiful. they hit, I don't know, how many hundred of, hundreds of golf balls at a tree from a cannon and or whatever they did. And I think they actually proved that uh, that is, in fact, the truth. Okay, well. well. You can hit your ball and hit a branch. And if you stood there all day and tried to hit that branch with the same shot, you would never do it. And that's, you know, one of the things I think that drives golfers crazy. And uh, although uh, the tree that John Rahm hit was a big, wide trunk of a tree, but, uh, yeah, yeah, golfers all have the same lament that, uh, 
you know, you couldn't hit that tree again if you tried. Yeah, water, what water? Um, John Ram and Tiger Woods, those two examples that we've already discussed this morning, is that one of the reasons why golf is so popular on television? Because in, in my mind, it's the only pro sport where you can even sort of somewhat identify with the professionals. Like when Tiger goes in the drink three times on one hole, most of us can identify with that. Oh, sure we can. Yeah, the thing that I, I don't think any of us or a lot of us don't understand just how good these guys are, right? They are just so good. It's hard to comprehend. But at the same time, anybody who's played golf can relate to the problems that they might have, Tiger Woods in particular. And it kind of makes you feel better that, you know, hey, I took a 10 on that par 3. If Tiger Woods can do it, maybe I'm not so bad. The thing that struck me about what happened with Woods yesterday was that he birdied five of his last six holes. So the mental toughness that it would take for him, and he's out of contention. He makes a 10 on a par 3. A lot of even the top pros in the world, they would mail it in the rest of the way. They just would, but Tiger has such mental toughness, and that's one of the reasons he's so good. He birdies five of his last six holes. Talk about a guy who has pride uh, that's just you know over the top. I think that was a great example of that. Bob, the course obviously looked different because it was played in November as opposed yeah. to April. Typically, Augusta National is just uh, emblazoned across the board with flowers everywhere, but uh, not a flower to be seen. I kind of liked the way the course looked this year. Plus, we got a different look. They were using different camera techniques. I don't know if they were using drones or just different cranes or what, but uh, it looked, and especially with uh, the lack of crowds, it was like seeing the course for the first time. Yeah, you got a better view of the entire golf course for sure. A lot of aerial views, Brett. I noticed that too. The azaleas in the dogwoods or the the flowers or the the plants that they talk about blooming in the spring, and they do make it look beautiful in terms of colors. But it was quite a different look, and there's no fans there, so you do see more of the golf course. What you miss is the roars of the crowds. Uh, again, there's no tournament where the roars come through the TV set the way they do during the Masters, and as soon as you hear a roar, you know that something special has happened elsewhere, and you know that the TV network is going to switch to it within a matter of seconds, and then you wonder what it is. You know, did Tiger or Phil or whoever make a birdie somewhere or a spectacular shot? So that was missing yesterday for sure, as it has been in all the sports events we watch. They're just not the same without the crowds. Uh, <clears throat> patrons, Bob. Come on, you know patrons. Oh, so, patrons. <laughs> See, if you were CBS and you used the word crowds, you would be hauled onto the carpet by the people who run Augusta National because they they despise the word crowds or fans. It's patrons. And the TV networks are told you have to say patrons. And if you don't, you're in, you're liable to have this uh, you know this broadcast right taken away from you. That's how stringent they are with the use of that term. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, real quick, uh, we're going over time here. Imagine that we're going over time with Bob here. Uh, the Blue Bombers, uh, a year ago tomorrow, their West final victory at Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Uh, we will speak with Adam Bighill, but, the, you know, for as much as the offense did some spectacular things in that semifinal against Calgary, boy, oh, boy, the defense was rock solid throughout the playoff run and no more important were those uh, I guess it was really three goal line stands that resulted in a total of three points against the Riders yeah the goal line stands were really the story of that game uh, I'm going to watch it again either today or tomorrow I've watched it a number of times but the dramatic ending to that game with the final pass hitting the you know the goal post uh, is one that was unique for me in all the years I've covered the Blue Bombers the atmosphere there was a sold-out crowd was incredible it's a game I'll never forget and one that uh, I love watching over and over and over again because it ended on a very happy note for the Blue Bombers, didn't it? Sure did. We can't wait to speak with Adam Big Hill tomorrow morning, 7.37, Breakfast with the Bombers. Bob, we love our Monday visits with you at 8.37. So thanks for this. We'll uh, catch up with you next Monday. I'll be around. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have been 
discussing for the last few days. McNabb's back tomorrow, by the way. We've been discussing for the last few days. A lot of small businesses feel like they are, quite frankly, just getting hosed during this round of restrictions and shutdowns, with many larger retailers allowed to stay open while the little guy has to close the doors. Business that's been vocal throughout the entire pandemic is Body Measure, who once again has had to close its doors at 1086 St. Mary's Road. Melina Elliott is the co-founder of Body Measure and joins us on the start. Good morning, Melina. Good morning. So uh, we have to ask, is this is small business on an unlevel playing field with this latest round of shutdowns? Yes, absolutely. I don't see how you could see it any other way. Um, what the, I mean, I just want to say at the beginning, I think that we did need to do a shutdown. I think things were out of control. And, and I think that that is important to say on the outset. But if it's a code red, then it's a code red for everyone. And it's not right to sort of cherry pick certain businesses that are going to take the full um, economic impact of this. Are there some examples of businesses, and you don't, if you don't want to name them, that's fine, uh, but there may be examples of kinds of businesses that are still open that make you wonder, why? Why are they open? Yeah, so, I mean, I, you, can, you know, you see it all online, right? All of those big boxes like Ikea and Toys R Us are somehow, you know, because Ikea sells office supplies, they're designated as an essential service, and Toys R Us, because they've got a diaper section, you know, tucked at the back of the store, now they're an essential service. Um, that just seems ridiculous to me. And so then at that point, you know, all the local little toy stores and all the local furniture shops, you know, where all the money stays right here in our province, um, you know, they're forced to close. And then all that money is being funneled to these big businesses. Melina, give us an an understanding perhaps of uh, how you maybe have been operating over the last several months in between these uh, shutdowns and how you would propose operating that would satisfy public health officials or should satisfy public health officials in your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, at Body Measure, we're a very, like a very small business and we see one client at a time. So, there was, you know, there's nobody waiting in our waiting room. You know, we have a designated staff person that wipes down every surface, like every door handle, every chair at the top of the desk, the point of sale system, absolutely everything between clients. Um, you know, and because it's my business, that is, that is my bread and butter. This is what is supporting my family and the same thing for my business partner. Um, we are fully invested in making sure that it is a safe space for everyone. Um, and so, you know, we were, we were operating at way below 50% capacity through the time that we were able to reopen. And I did the calculations this morning, actually, and we opened back up in May. And then between May and this last closure, we saw, um, a thousand clients in our office and we did not have one single potential exposure or case of COVID in our space. So it's, um, you know, we're not a high risk business. Bodymeasure.ca, by the way, is the website. Uh, they tell you what's going on inside your body. We w- went to see them earlier this year and they, we got to try out their fancy scanners and they told us all about our bone density and how much muscle mass we have and how much, you know, mass of maybe the other stuff we didn't want to see, uh, Greg. And it was a, it was a unique experience and uh, it, we can attest to the fact that it, it is, uh, I would suggest, a very safe environment in this kind of thing. So when it came to having to close your doors again, did you receive any sort of official notice from the province or was it just kind of based on what they announced sort of en masse that you decided, okay, I guess we got to close the door? Yeah, it was, you know, us like probably every other small business owner in the city or the province was like glued to the TV watching the broadcast and just kind of waiting and waiting uh, with bated breath. And then, you know, and then the announcement was made and, um, then we, you know, we had no choice. We don't sell groceries and we don't sell diapers. And, um, you know, we're a service-based business. And even though we're very low risk, we didn't, you know, fit in any of the categories we were able to, to stay open. And I can honestly say that, you know, I maybe naively did not think I was going to have to close again. I feel like um, the impact of this on small businesses, we're not really going to see for, you know, the next little while, but, it's going to be massive to the small business community in the province here. 
Now, just for those that might be just tuning in to our conversation, uh, Melina, let's just reiterate that body measure uh, is, you know, understands why the province has done what they've done. But with regard to the notion that you can't operate uh, safely, uh, how would you compare, you know, let's say one place that has been closed are places where you get your nails done and, and uh, hair salons, that sort of thing. How, how would you be different from something like that in your mind? Well, you know, I'm not even saying that we shouldn't be closed. It's more the fact that if, if it's closed, then everybody needs to be closed. And I think that the way that this, and I, I, you know what, I can't say that I know how to handle a pandemic. <laughs> That's definitely outside of my wheelhouse. But I think that if, if you are closed, then it really should just be essential services. And buying toys and furniture um, and clothing, you know, you know, like if you want a new top, that's not essential. And so what should be done is, is those big box businesses should only be allowed to sell essentials. They shouldn't be allowed to just operate as normal um, when all of these other small businesses are being shut down. And really, at this point, you know, like the premier says, we all have to band together and we all have to do this together. But what is happening right now is that's not the case. Basically, all the small businesses are taking the full impact of this and and the big box businesses, which are responsible to their shareholders, you know, are able to operate as as normal. Melina, you said, before we let you go, you said you've seen a thousand clients or you saw a thousand clients between when you reopened and had to shut down. So how has overall uh, through the pandemic, how would you say you're doing? Are you guys, is your business okay? Yeah, we are. Like, we're very lucky. You know, like I said, our business is a very low risk, risk place to see because we're only one on one. And um, I think, you know, the upside of the pandemic is people have decided, you know, they want to make an effort and focus on their health. Maybe they've got a little bit of extra time. So that has been really good for us. But um, having to close down a second time is just is just gut wrenching. It's it's heartbreaking. Melina Elliott is the co-founder of Body Measure at 1086 St. Mary's Road. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Melina. You, we've appreciated uh, the insight that you've brought uh, from the small, small business perspective throughout this pandemic. Thank you. Mackling McGarry McNabb is back tomorrow. Text message at 204-780-6868. Last spring, when the city went into lockdown, you could shoot cannons off down the street and never hit anything. This current lockdown, which is supposed to be more severe to date. And traffic is really no different than before the lockdown changed to red critical. There seems to be a huge amount of businesses that have suddenly become critical. Let's put it this way. You can't get a haircut or have a meal where those business... Oops, the text message just disappeared. Apologies. Where those businesses went over and above uh, measures, but you can go uh, get yourself a 30-foot trailer. I think this current shutdown is an absolute farce. Never mind big box stores gaining advantage over the small business. Is this code red critical or not? I think a lot of people are asking themselves that question, but really uh, I'm going to echo the sentiments of Cynthia Carr. I know we played it much earlier in the program and uh, it was actually from Hal's show on Friday. Does it really matter what the officials are saying? Does it really matter? I know in one sense it does. But in terms of how you conduct yourself, it is up to you to hunker down at home. It's up to you to make sure that you are not going out unless you absolutely need to. And when you go out, you do all the appropriate things in terms of keeping yourself safe, in terms of keeping those that might be at the grocery store with you safe. You can't make decisions for other people at the end of the day this is a lockdown. This is a health, uh, a health issue. It's a directive from the province. It's a law in some cases. But, hey, there's a reason why we have photo radar. It's because not everybody sticks to the law. The more people that stick to it, the safer that we are. I don't know what else to say, Brett. I really don't know what else to say to encourage people to think about what role they can play in this, in this pandemic where we feel like we have zero control. This is the one thing that you can do. The one thing that we can do is to limit our contacts with other people. We have a text uh, from Mike who says, I've never understood why they allow people to line up like cattle 
to go into big box stores, but smaller, easier to control locations are not allowed to open. And as we learned from Brent Bellamy when we, we were looking at his Twitter thread earlier, he was pointing out that various big box stores, their parking lots were nearly full, but no lineup. And I even noticed this the other day, Greg, when I went to uh, Safeway, it was on Wednesday, so it was on Remembrance Day, and I left my apartment at 12.50. I took a quick walk. I had an errand to run just after 1 o'clock when stores were allowed to open. There were over 100 people in line at the Safeway at River and Osborne lined up because they were they were there just ahead of the opening, the store opening. And then mm-hmm. when I got back at 1.15, there was no lineup, and they were all... Everyone was already inside, and it was, the store was as busy as I've seen it since the beginning of the pandemic. So I don't know if uh, what we're seeing, too, is a lot of businesses, if they're just tired of, follow, of in, enforcing these lineups. I don't know if it's a resource issue, if they're just throwing their arms up and saying, we've had it. I don't know. Well, if, if you're not going to control your crowds properly, if you're not going to do everything you can do, then there has to be repercussions for that, doesn't there? You got to think. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. McNabb is back tomorrow. Text from Heather at 204-780-6868 saying, I was at Shoppers Drug Mart at Kildonan Place over the weekend. Cosmetics was closed off. You could only purchase groceries and pharmacy-type items. Kudos to them for only selling the essentials. So, Heather, thank you for that feedback. We appreciate that. And you can weigh in. I mean... I'm trying to answer, to respond to as many text messages as possible here, but uh, we just don't have the time. But we appreciate it all just because we don't reply. doesn't mean we don't see it all, so... Yeah, you know, your text messages have been inspiring. They've been, some of them have been confrontational, some of the, and most of them are in between the two. And we appreciate all the communication we get uh, here at 680 CHOB, whether it's on the text line. I got an email that I shared with you, Brett, and I, you know, I, I don't agree with uh, very much of what was said in the email, but it's important that you feel as though you can reach out to us. You will be heard. Uh, we may answer you, we may not, and it's not because we don't want to. And sometimes, we push back on the things that you say, and sometimes we agree wholeheartedly. Uh, that's what talk radio is all about in my mind, is uh, the free expression and, and sharing of opinions. Some of those opinions are controversial, no doubt about it, uh, but we, we do our best to, uh, to mind our P's and Q's and to be polite when you send us stuff that doesn't make any sense, but sometimes we can't hold back. Sorry in advance. Yeah, I actually, uh, sometimes I, I get into that mood where it's like, no, nope, I'm going to poke the bear on this one, <laughs> where Greg and Loren will, will sort of respond diplomatically, and I say, no, nope, I'm going after this guy. No, you should just leave him alone, Brett. No, nope, no, nope, I'm going after him, and then poke, poke, poke. Uh, so, hey, some, it's it's okay to have fun while you're at work. 100%. And, and we are having lots of fun with the question, with whom would you trade places with on planet Earth and why could be anybody, and it was inspired by Dustin Johnson winning the Masters over the weekend. He's at the top of his game. He's an elite golfer. He's a rich man, a handsome man. He's got a gorgeous fiance. His uh, father-in-law. I mean, he's not married to to Paulina Gretzky, but Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Oh, and as Kevin the Garbage Man reminded us as well, he defeated his drug problems. He had problems with cocaine a few years ago, and he has managed to uh, put that behind him and ascend to the top of his sport. And uh, that has a lot of people wondering, well, it would be kind of nice to be Dustin Johnson right mm-hmm. about now. Mm-hmm. Another person uh, you might, I wouldn't mind trading places with is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Oh. The most electrifying <laughs> man in sports entertainment today. Yeah, he's got life by the tail, hasn't he, Brett? Yep. Yeah, things have worked out pretty, pretty, pretty good for The Rock. Yeah, he's built like Hercules. In fact, he played Hercules in a movie film a few years ago. But we have our winning text at 204-780-6868 for the Santa Lucia Pizza gift card. But before that, we would like to share some of the runners-up. Brett and Selkirk, for example, Greg, uh, trying to perhaps uh, win, score some brownie points with you. Yeah. Saying the nicest guy in rock and roll, Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. More talent than I could ever hope for. A generous, gracious, and pedal to the metal. He enjoys life to the max. And uh, Brett, I concur with you wholeheartedly. The, you know, I said John Bon Jovi earlier, but I would probably switch my answer to either Dave Grohl or Bob Irving. So 
Uh, Dave Grohl, excellent, excellent answer. Dave Grohl or Bob Irving? Yes, yes, yes. Because, well, you know, life has changed so much for me in the last 20 years. I, I was a rock and roll guy for a long time. But really, yeah, at the end of the day, if I could be anybody else, it would be Bob Irving. I have to say it. Get to be the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yes, yes. Have to say it out loud. Uh, this listener says, so we, we got some fun answers, but we also got... Uh, some thoughtful answers uh, like this one. I would switch places with my dad mm. before he passed away from ALS so he wouldn't have to feel the pain that he had to endure. He was super cool. He was a correctional officer. He collected and worked on old collectible cars. He is the first correctional officer they held a memorial for at the jail, wow. and uh, they allowed his family to join and enter the facility. That wow. is that is uh, absolutely fantastic. What a great text that is. Uh, how about uh, who to swap places with? And I like these selfless ones. Who to swap places with? Hugh Hefner? Bill Gates? <laughs> nah. Sticking with the golf theme, my mulligans. I think we have those times where we say or do something that we wish we could have a mulligan. So stick with who I am. The people with my, uh, pardon me, the people in my life. But let me reach that ever elusive potential and swap my actions so I don't have a need for those mulligans. Wow, that is very philosophical this morning. I love it. It is because when you're on the golf course and you hit a bad shot and you're playing with your buddies, you can. You're not supposed to, but. Generally speaking, if you say, you know what, I'm going to take a mulligan, I'm doing that again, no one cares. I mean, if you're playing for money, that's a different thing. If you're playing in a tournament, that's a different thing. But mm. if you're just goofing off on the weekend, who cares? But uh, we don't get mulligans in life, and sometimes the, those decisions that you make where you go, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Those mistakes stick with you for life. Johnny says, I'd trade places with the astronauts who took off in SpaceX yesterday, leaving far behind all the crazy that's down here right now. Uh, that's a little bit of envy from Johnny, but also a pretty smart take on that. Eve says, if I could trade places with anybody, it would be Jeremy Clarkson, although it would require a DeLorean time machine because it would have to be back in the 1990s driving and writing things about supercars would be an amazing thing to do for a living. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be if you were a car person. And I didn't realize this, but I, I guess now because of YouTube, there are tons of uh, car review channels for people now have an avenue to be to re, to review cars where maybe they wouldn't have had that before. Like Good they would point. have had to apply for a traditional job on television. But there are just. Uh, oodles. There. How's that for a word? There are oodles of YouTube <laughs> review channels for Very cars. official number, Brad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about this? I'd I would trade places with my cat <laughs> because she can get away with being a jerk and still get fed daily. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, par for the course with the felines for sure. How about trading places with my sister? Not for my benefit, but for hers. As a pa uh, paramedic supervisor, she has been working right in the middle of this pandemic, taking extra shifts, often to help Help out when needed after her colleagues have fallen ill. I'd love to trade places with her to give her a well-deserved break. Indeed, and this uh, leads into so our final four here before our winner, all uh, along the same kind of line. Ken, for example, I would trade places with my wife. I feel guilty sending her off to work in a big box retailer. Oh boy, uh, another one of you uh, so kind would trade places with uh, their mom. She has dementia and is in assisted living. She often doesn't understand why she has to stay in and I can't visit. I would do anything to take this away from her. Rudy, <clears throat> Rudy saying I would trade places with Terry Fox. What a great man who is not selfish, who would do great things with his life so he can help others. Mm -hmm. And then Tara saying, I would trade places with my daughter. She is in an elementary school here in Winnipeg. I would like the chance to see exactly what is happening in schools. As a parent, I can't be there. No volunteers this year. This would make me feel better knowing more of what's happening throughout the whole day. Mm. Uh, so lots of great text is always on this subject. And of course, the conversation went in a different direction than we anticipated. We, we, you know, we, we all, a lot of times we go into these conversations thinking, okay, let's, what can we goof off about today? Because, right. because we have so much, you know, we had one of our listeners saying, I'm, I'm having a hard time hearing about COVID-19 over and over and over again. It's really starting to affect my mental health. So we tried to take that segment at 645 and, and make it as COVID free as possible because we, 
We're a morning show. Part of what we do is to, to inject some fun into your life, some levity, hopefully share a laugh with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, the, the conversation, you guys surprise us in a pleasant way every day, such as Lorena, Greg, who is our winning text. Yeah, I'm going to keep it together while I read this. I would trade places with Dr. Brent Rusin, but only for a few days. Not that I would want to be in his shoes, but simply so he might have a few days to rest and spend some time without worrying about all of us. There's a video of Dr. Rusin reading a children's book from back in May. It's amazing to see the change in him in six short months. And not only, we read this text message earlier, Brett, not only did you and I decide that this would be the winner, one of our listeners, our loyal listeners, Arthur, said, if you do not give Lorena the pizza, I will purchase pizza for her (laughs) myself, for her sentiments and her text message this morning. So thank you, Arthur, for that. And thank you, Lorena, for sending us that text. You are the winner. You get the Santa Lucia pizza $20 $20 gift card. And um, I suppose, you know, if if Dr. Rusin needs a quick way to to relax and unwind, and, uh, and I'm saying this, you know, playfully, uh, he could have a, a drinking game where he puts on a, just a news conference of himself, and every time the word fundamentals is said, he could take a shot. And I, his weekend's off to a roaring start. I suggest that he only do that on Friday, <laughs> not play that game Saturday or Sunday, because he'd probably need the whole weekend to recuperate from the ensuing intoxication. Uh, Dr. Rusin, by the way, will be offering a briefing today at 12.30. There will now be daily uh, COVID briefings from Monday to Friday, and I guess as needed on weekends. But uh, today's briefing at 12.30 will, of course, be carried right here live on 680 CJ. OB. Hopefully the numbers will go down, uh, at least start to go down. There was a day the other day, Greg, where the numbers, I think, were 200 Ish. Uh, was that on Friday and it felt like a little bit of a victory? Yeah, I think that's, it was Friday. That's scary as hell. Sorry, pardon my language. But to imagine that a number like that gave us pause for optimism and cause to, to think that, oh, maybe this is starting to work now and then the highest numbers we've ever seen yesterday. And then that was a total of 25 deaths over the weekend. Now, those weren't just over the weekend. Those go back to November 3rd, I believe the, mm-hmm. the date is. But to imagine that on Friday we were feeling somewhat, some of us, optimistic about the numbers that we saw Friday, only to see what we saw over the weekend. All we can do is our best. We're imploring you to do your part. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.